Lord, thanks for a gorgeous morning, a chance to be here and do this. Thanks for this class, this group that I believe has been handpicked just for this moment. Uh, thanks that we get fourth period block, that we get to start the day with Shakespeare, with story time, with hot drink, maybe even something tasty to eat at times. I pray that you would bless this community so that it, it really, that we intentionally make it loving and fun and filled with joy and good questions. I pray that you'd be with uh, the student who is not here right now, that you would bless her, give her peace wherever she is and what she's doing. And I pray that you'd be with all the students at Wheaton Academy, the ones who aren't making it into school or have other things going on, or just as we're on the third day and a full block day. I pray shalom, your kingdom over the school, peace over students where they are, peace that you can bring that goes beyond what we would even understand. I also pray that we could just be right here right now this morning and enjoy the hour that we have together. pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. How are we doing? I, I just get in a sense we should all do this. Ready? One big deep breath. Ready? Yeah. Well, one more, one more. All right. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think we should start with Shakespeare. Should we start with some Shakespeare? Actually, we should do this. Does anybody have any follow-up from Jayquez the other day? Yuck. Question, thought, comment as you were walking away thinking about how to love Jake. Jacques. No, I'm just making space for it. I'm not implying that there has to be something. No? Okay. Cool. Well, uh, Twelfth Night is all about love. All about love. Like, all the characters want love in some way. They're seeking love. The opening line is about love. It's wonderful. We get to spend, like, five weeks on love. It's so great. Uh, super fun. And Shakespeare's going to teach us a whole bunch about it. We're going to learn about ourselves. We're going to learn about relationships and marriages and being single and all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, so today we're going to, we're opening with this. Um, but my devotional thought will be a little later. And it's going to be on 1 Corinthians 13 on love. And the fun thing is that that's going to be our community code. But it's also going to be what sets us up to talk about Twelfth Night, love. We're going to see where do we see love in this play. What is love? What's not love? Fair enough. So we're going to look at all those different things. I thought it would be fun just to start today with this, though. Go to page 85 if you got it. If you don't, look over someone's shoulder, snuggle up with somebody. All right. Here we go. Ready? If music be the food of love... Play on. Oh, come on, that's, that's good, isn't it? Right? Are we ready? Count of three. One, two, three. If music be the food of love, play on. That was good. Is, do you think he's saying this sitting down? 
He could be. I don't know anybody. Is he pacing? Is he reclining? I've seen this play a whole bunch. I've seen him laying. The first time I saw it was at Stratford over in England. And they, 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 it opened, the lights came up, and he's on this big, massive pile of cushions. And he's like, if music be the food of love, play on. He's like eating grapes, and they're like playing music. And I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. Right. Anybody? Yeah, it's definitely relaxing. Okay, so you got to chill. Come on, you're, you're allowed right now. Get him up if you want to. Whoa! Don't fall over. Okay, get your best chillax. You gotta get in, get in, get in. Sink into it. Ready? What? Now, what's he say? What? What is that? What does even the line mean? He's listening to music, and he wants what? More of it, and he's love is eating something. <laughs> so love, love is eating music. So that it could be nourished. Fair enough? So he wants more love, right? So, ready? One, two, three. If music be the food of love, play on. Alright, cool. Go team. Any thoughts, questions, comments? That's just a great opening line, isn't it? Famous. We could keep going on the stuff, but here's what I'd like us to do. For Monday, can you read Act 1, Scene 1? How's that sound? Read Act 1? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for joining. Great to have you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's all of Shakespeare's online. I mean, it's over 70 years, so we're good. Public domain. <laughs> so it's, oh, did you get another one? They, look at this. Look at the love right there. And actually, hold those up. Hold those up. Those are the Cambridge School of Shakespeare. We have the what? Oxford. We have the Oxford. I like the notes in Oxford at the beginning and at the bottom. Cambridge is great. Cambridge has summaries at the top of every page, which is kind of fun. Another one is No Fear Shakespeare, where they've got old stuff and mo modern stuff. It's great. Ready? You can use anything to help you understand Shakespeare. <laughs> it's not never cheating to get help. Guess who gets help with Shakespeare? <laughs> Me. All right, that's just, we all do. So get the help. The only thing I don't want you to do is to not read the original. Does that make sense? If you replace Shakespeare with the modern summaries or a modern translation, it's not Shakespeare anymore. But to use that stuff to help you understand, that's a ball. We, I mean, we do that with the Bible, unless you know what, Greek or whatever. So we're all doing that all the time. So it's not a problem. Yeah? Cool. So yeah, you can find it. Borrow it. There you go. Questions? Cool, that's a fun opening line. Music, love. Who here likes music? Who likes love? Who's not going to raise their hand? I don't like love. Jacques. Right? Jacques doesn't like love. All right. Um, here's what I had for today. Let's look at this silly bus here. Do you guys want to share or do you want to take her one? Yeah, I give her her own. I think that's great. I made it pink. Come on, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll put Twelfth Night over here. 
And what are you doing for Monday? Reading Act 1, Scene 1. Now, real quick, if you read it just once, that's good. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Read it through once, without the notes, and then read it through with the notes. Or read it through with the notes, and then read it without the notes. And rarely is Shakespeare done as an internal monologue. So what might be a good way to do this? Out loud. Out loud. Find a cat, or a beanie baby, or a grandma, or... Someone at the park, you know, anybody, or buddy up. And like tears, tears to my eyes when I walk through like senior, junior lounge, and uh, and the Shakespeare students are reading Shakespeare. Oh. Right, right there, gets me right there. Okay. Uh, I think it would be helpful just to take a few minutes just to go through the class so you know what's going on. Those of you who have me in philosophy, really redundant. Sorry. Uh, but it is what it is, yeah. Um, just because this class is a little different than other classes, and uh, I want to kind of calibrate it for you. Fair? Yeah. So first off, the general course description. When I started teaching Shakespeare, I spent the first, I came off of my, from my Oxford experience, and I came off of grad school, and like, let's go! Right. I actually had an internship at Chicago Shakespeare Theater for six months during the Tempest. Oh, so it's like, I'm ready to teach it. So I'm like, I'm going to get all my students to love Shakespeare. And, and that didn't work. <laughs> it just didn't work. Because not everybody loves Shakespeare. Does that make sense? And so my, my perspective was off because I was like, well, you three do, but what's wrong with all of you? And it just it wasn't rational, to be really blunt. Um, it also wasn't fair. Right? Because I don't like every genre of writing. I, don't have, I have my affinities as well. And so I want to make it right up front. My job is not to make you love Shakespeare. Does that make sense? That might, but is it fair for me to offer you the fact that people do love Shakespeare? <laughs> right? I mean, we're looking at 400 years later, we have a class on this one dead dude. How many other authors do we have? Uh, do we have a Dickens class? <laughs> some people have, some places have Jane Austen classes, but even that is rare. Does that make sense? We have all these surveys, all these other things, and then, or great novels, and then we have Shakespeare in Illinois in high school. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Something's up. Fair enough. We have Shakespeare libraries, Shakespeare theaters, how many movies? Shakespeare bakeries, Shakespeare festivals, a Shakespeare town. Something's up with the guy. Actually, something's so up with him that Hamlet is one of the most written about texts on the planet, second to the Bible. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> like, think of that, <laughs> of all the texts on our planet. Bible wins by a long shot. But Shakespeare's like in the running. Yeah? So people love this guy. So what I've decided to do is to tell you why people like Shakespeare. Fair enough? And then you can decide for yourself. At least you are aware. And then in the process, I will teach you, since people like Shakespeare for these reasons, you can take those skills and those reasons to whatever pieces of literature you do like. Or movies as well. 
So we'll get the skills of literature and storytelling by studying this master storyteller. Does that, does that work? So you now actually have full permission to actually not like Shakespeare, but can you still work through this class and enjoy the class and learn from it? The other thing is that I know some of you are probably like honors, love literature, I love to read, it's like my hobby and I want to write plays, you know, <laughs> yay, that's great. And some of you signed up because you heard Dominguez is crazy, you know, or because or someone told you to sign up for this class because it's super fun, or, or maybe because it's not like AP lit, <laughs> right? Like, does that make sense? Um, I want us to normalize that. And I'm here to help differentiate. Like if you love this and you want to run with it, believe me, I can help you go as far and deep and wide as you want and go beyond me, which would be fabulous, right? And if you just want to enjoy the class and learn, you can do that too, right? There's a real freedom here to just do the homework, do the class, enjoy, show up, have fun, kind of read the plays. Yeah, we're all good. I want to normalize that on the, the purpose. The other thing that I want to be candid with you about is it used to have almost a hundred students. Like it was three sections and I had almost 30 students in each section. It was super fun. It was a really popular fun class, um, but it was also getting an English credit. <laughs> and a lot of students signed up for the credit, which of course I would too on some level. Um, but it was also we were realizing there was a an imbalance here. like. Half of the senior class is taking one dead dude. It's just, we need to spread that out a little bit before you head off to college. Um, and so we made it an elective a few years ago and almost even, I wanna call it this, a fine arts elective. Like a drawing class or an art, are we tracking? Are, some of us are nodding. I want you to come into it with that type of a feel almost as an artist, like a writer or someone in theater. Now, this is not a theater class, or it's not an acting class, it's a literature course, but I want it to feel more like an art class. Are we good there? So you only write papers if you want to, <laughs> which some of you will love writing papers, but this is basically project creativity based because some of you know musicals, to put on a musical, to put on a play, right? You've got lighting, you've got costumes, you've got math, you've got electricity, you've got physics, you've got singing, you've got dancing, you've got speaking, you've got public speaking, you've got intros, you've got posters, you've got what? <laughs> food, you got food of love. You know, it's all there. And so that's what I want you to come into this class with is the purpose of this class really is for you to connect with amazing literature through your gifts, abilities, talents, and personalities. How are we doing? You do that, you get your A. I kind of want you to forget about grades, really. We're just going to come here and learn and have a blast. Um, basically, everything's a completion grade. You do the readings, you put the quotes in, you get your points, you do your projects. There's a project for each play, you get your points. It's pretty straightforward. Fair enough? Um, there will be evaluation on that, but if you do it, you'll do fine. And if it's not done well, I'll have you do it again or I'll help you do it well. Yeah, does that work? So there we go. That's purpose, page one. Questions, thoughts, comments on that. 
Okay. Did that help calibrate a little bit of what we're doing here and why we're here? Yeah. And some of you maybe were expecting something different. That's why I wanted to do that. You're like, we're going to like write papers and dig in. Well, yeah, we'll do that. I love doing that. But also, no, like you don't have to do that. All right. Page two, objectives, things that you will do. Uh, we're going to interact with the plays, although let me just start with this. 400 years ago, Elizabethan England, did people go around buying these and sitting in classrooms and studying them? When was the last time you studied the script of your favorite movie? Not, I'm not joking, for real. Has anybody bought the latest Star Wars script and studied it? It's a cool movie with actually some really good lines and language in it. It's got some silly stuff, some weird characters, but some depth. Yeah, complex, dude. Little Kylo, man, he's a complex character, right? We're not studying the script, right? Yet, what are we doing? <laughs> studying these scripts, right? Like, what? And, and so I want to make sure you realize that what we're doing is really weird. It is. It's actually really weird. Why do we do it, though? Because we what? Because we can't. It's that good yeah but these plays were not meant to be read i gave you really weird homework assignment go home and read it really really what should we be doing watching it. going home and watching it we should be going to watch it which is what we're going to do in class so shakespeare was meant to be seen yes it's a play all right um and so we are going to watch them all i want to encourage you to watch them Remember, there's Tempest next Thursday, Friday. Just go watch it. It'll be fun. I'm not going to prep it. I'm going to see who goes, and whoever goes, we'll chat about it in class and talk about the experience, because I kind of like you going without me teaching you all about it, although you'll have enough classes before then to learn some. Uh, but just go and enjoy it. Have fun with it. It's going to be great. Um, uh, I want you, we are going to critically analyze the text, the scripts, the movies, and the performance. So we're going to be critical. We're going to analyze. We're going to work on that skill. We are going to read out loud, but I won't spring it on you or make you do it without a chance to practice unless you want to volunteer. So I'm not going to be like, read Shakespeare now. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So um, We will informally perform, but this is not an acting class. You will have the opportunity to memorize some Shakespeare, but you don't have to, but why wouldn't you? Um, lots of writing, dialogic stuff, and creative projects. Um, Supplies, these Oxford Shakespeare ones. You can get them online. Maybe you got them with your books. Bring Twelfth Night for the next month, and then we'll bring Hamlet. Sorry, then we'll bring Henry V, then we'll bring Hamlet, then we'll end with a Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay? I want you to have your text. I want you to have it in class. I want you to have a pen or pencil or crayons or watercolors or whatever you're going to do. We're going to write in them. If you're like, I don't want to write in my book, sorry, you're going to write your book. <laughs> I want you to do it. I want you to take notes because I want it to be your book from this class that you remember that's on the shelf later. And, you know, your kid's like, did you take Shakespeare in high school? And oh, there's your notes and whatever. Yeah. So we want that. Um, here's how I've set up the class. People love Shakespeare. There are a hundred reasons why. Okay. We're going to do four or five for the class. Twelfth night is going to focus on Shakespeare as a storyteller. Has anybody seen Twelfth Night? Anybody read it? Anybody seen She's the Man? That's Twelfth Night. 
There we go. Except, <laughs> I don't know if they played soccer, football back then. All right. Um, yeah, if you want to go watch She's the Man, go watch it. It's super fun. It'll help you understand this story. Okay. Um, Twelfth Night as a Story is amazing. And what you're going to see is Shakespeare as a master storyteller. What he can do in three to three and a half hours is uncanny. It's amazing. He explodes with character and story. Get these crazy plots with subplot, which any sitcom has a plot and a what? Thank you, Shakespeare. <laughs> right, for real. Right, and then you get this amazing sense of uh, richness and complexity, and then most authors drop it off. But then Act Four, Shakespeare ratchets it up and makes it even crazier, and then he lands the plane every time. It's amazing. And if you're going to be a writer or go off to Hollywood or be in theater or do any of that, guess what you got to study? You got to study. You got to study Shakespeare. Like if you drive out to California to hang out in Hollywood, if you haven't done Shakespeare, no offense, but like they're going to be like, go take a Shakespeare class. They're going to just because he's he's storyteller guy. He's a master of it. All right, so we're going to look at that. People love him because his stories are awesome. They're indelible. Then we're going to look at Henry V. Shakespeare is a master of language. You guys know at this point layers of meaning and how you can dig deep, right? We get stuff like Lady Macbeth coming in with blood on her hands, right? And she's like, she had just killed the king, which is insane. Well, she, well, yeah. But she, so she's got blood on her hands. Blood on her hands from killing the king. She walks in and she's like, oh, it's so easy. A little water washes off the blood and washes away the deed. And we're like, freak, you can't just wash off murder with water. But did she? Yeah, she tried to. But then you're like, oh, Shakespeare, wait. A little water does wash away our sins because baptism does that, doesn't it? Oh, wait, wait, get the backhoe out. And we realize that whose blood is on her hands? The king's blood is on her hands. And the water washes off the sin of killing the king. Oh, wait, go even further. Who's the king that we have all murdered? And whose blood do we have on our hands? Christ's blood. And we all have that on our hands, and we're all sinful. But does water wash us clean? Actually, wait, go even deeper. What really cleans the blood of the king's blood off of our hands? The king's what? Cleans it off. His blood. <laughs> we're like seven layers down. What the heck? Right? Like, what? That's Shakespeare. Like he can do that with language. He Chaucer saved the English language. He really did. They were all speaking right? Monty Python. <laughs> Why are you speaking French? Right, the Norman invasion, and we're all all the royalties speaking French in England. And Chaucer is like writing Canterbury Tales, saying, "No, English is awesome," <laughs> and it survived. It persisted, yay, with a couple other things that helped. Um, but then Shakespeare comes along and says, "English is awesome." And he makes it a global language. So much so that English and Mandarin Chinese are vying for what? Most popular, 
the the global language english languages are so screwed up how in the world would anybody want to make english the global language i know right those of you who study it the thanks shakespeare you know like he did because he shows us what's possible right henry five has got amazing speeches in it and he shows us what you can do with a good speech you guys conversations change the world one conversation on a rooftop and we get John 3.16. Seven sentences gets us kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Right? And Henry V has all this powerful language and conversation. Who's heard the we few, we happy few, we band of brothers? Anybody? Like, come on. Like, that's <laughs> right there. Henry V. Okay, so good. Language, Henry V. They love Shakespeare because he's a master of language. Hamlet. Why do we love Shakespeare? Character, right? I mean, come on, Romeo and Juliet. You can say Romeo and Juliet where on planet Earth and people will recognize it. Actually, you got to find a place where they won't. Because the characters, I mean, there's Romeos and Juliets walking the freshman hall right now, aren't they? They just walked right off the book. And there they go, right? I mean, it wasn't you guys, I know, of course. All right, but like, these characters are so powerful. Or Lady Macbeth, you'll never forget her. Hamlet is your age. He should be king of Denmark. And he's in college, which was high school back then. Ladies, Ophelia is your age, and she, she's in love with a prince. She could be queen. Yeah? She's amazing, witty, and clever, deep, passionate. We're going to study Hamlet because the character development that Shakespeare does, what he can do in three hours with Hamlet, with Ophelia, with these characters is, is amazing. And uh, you know what? That's part of where we are. We are in character development, aren't we? We're trying to develop our characters. You don't have to be the person you are right now because you can what? Change. Or if you like who you are, you can get stronger. You can stand firm in that, right? You got lots of time. What are you guys, Act 1? End of Act 1? Beginning of Act 2? You got lots of time. Midsummer Night's Dream. Who knows Midsummer Night's Dream? Anybody? I mean, you got fairies. You got love. You've got the rude, the, you know, the rude mechanical dudes who are like acting and it's funny and it's just an amazing play. What I love about Midsummer Night's Dream is applicability. People love Shakespeare because we can apply it. How did it go with Jacques yesterday or the other day? Can we apply those 18 lines to Wheaton Academy? Yeah, <laughs> right? There's Jacques all over who've been hurt, who don't trust, who need love, who need a trustworthy friend. Yeah, Applicability is really powerful. We love Shakespeare because it's so applicable. And so Midsummer Night's Dream will be fun. We'll, move, we'll go into Christmas and we'll watch everybody fall in love. and It's a blast. Yeah? How are we doing? That's kind of the arc of the class and why and what we're doing. Um, requirements? There'll be some homework. Basically, the homework will be to read and annotate and then find some quotes and respond to them briefly. I just want you to, what, what's, what are you connecting with in here? That's the homework because it'll get you to read it. It'll allow you to bring questions and quotes to class for us to talk about. Is that fair? Really straightforward. Um, during Henry V, you'll look for some literary devices, maybe, and do it that way as well. So, yeah. 
The homework is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It's really just to get you to read Shakespeare. Uh, if you do it, you get the points. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There will be for the ones that I want you to. Most of it's going to be like the one for Monday. I want you to read and then annotate and underline some quotes and stuff. You'll see when I pop it up there. But I think I, th I think I want you to find like three cool quotes from Act One, Scene One. So just underline them, and I'll walk around like, "Yay, nice job!" And then you get the points. Really straightforward. The uh, at the end of Twelfth Night, you will have a creative project that you get to do. Okay, so creative project. Um, you will be allowed to do that project on a theme that you follow through Twelfth Night, but you don't have to. Okay, you can also write a research paper for Twelfth Night if you want to, but since it's an elective, you don't have to. <laughs> so the focus will be a research analytical response, but you can do anything you want, right? Henry V will be an analysis on either a good king or bad king. What is he? And you're going to analyze the text and look at the ambiguity of the passages, and there'll be a blog at the end. And so you can blog about, he's a good king, here's why. He's a bad king, here's why. And then you can all debate and fight about it. It'll be really fun. Or create a project. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Um, I would encourage some of you to memorize some stuff from Henry V. The speeches are so good. But you don't have to do that. You can make the Battle of Agincourt like you know, somebody did behind the ferry and the clock up there with the little horses and the trees and like the Josh Bjork thing. You, you can do whatever you want. Okay, creative project. Hamlet will be following a character and looking at character development. And again, you can do a creative project on character development. But basically, you're going to be doing an analysis of watching a movie by yourself. And then you're going to do a character analysis in a creative way. So you can see creative projects, or I'll give you writing assignments, but you don't have to do them. You can do something else if you don't want to. And then the final exam will be memorizing 30 lines of Shakespeare and saying it for the class. Dramatic pause. Or, <laughs> or, yeah, like, <gasps> it used to be and, and now it's or. Or, um, Extend your learning homeschool style, right? Uh, basically, it's how will you learn something about Shakespeare or one of these plays or a different play kind of on your own that we have not done in class. So you could do like research on Renaissance England or I want to learn more about Henry that we didn't talk about or I want to go deeper in this play or someone analyzed all the Disney movies that are connected with Shakespeare. It's really fun. You can do whatever you want, but it's just extending your learning beyond what we've done in the classroom for a final project. That's the class. How are we doing? Questions, thoughts, comments, criticism, witticism? Anything? There's a lot of information in here that you can just read about you know different blog stuff and projects it's all there participation you guys are going to do great i'm not worried about that at all um reading the plays i just expecting that you're going to why would you sign up for the shakespeare class and not read the plays and actually how long are they generally speaking hamlet's four hours it's it's the longest one they're usually three okay they're all dialogue so they're all dialogue <laughs> and that's what's in the text and they're three hours long and you have five weeks to read Twelfth Night <laughs> can we do this <laughs> yeah right so technically speaking it's three hours to read dialogue that's three hours long 
No, it's not. You have to figure out what's going on, and I want you to read it at least twice. But we have plenty of time to do it. I used to do nine plays, <laughs> and then I did seven, and then I'm like, that's even too much. So now we do basically three and a half. Okay. Cool. Um, anything that you write should have an editor. So have someone look at it beforehand. We'll get to that later. And then learning differences and abilities. I want to talk to you just briefly about that concept. Uh, you'll catch this in my other class. Uh, but when we were starting Hamlet, I did this. Uh, I said, OK, everybody, get out of your Hamlet. Let's go. <laughs> they did what you guys are doing right now. <laughs> They're staring at me. And I'm looking. And I'm looking. I'm like, what did I do? What's going on? No one was moving. Nobody got it out. And then this one brave little soul was like, Mr. D, you wrote helmet on the board. <laughs> and I'm like, All right, everybody, get out your helmets. We're going to read Hamlet. You know, and I, we joked about it. And I looked. And what did I see? I saw Hamlet the second time. And then I started blushing because I'm like, oh, no. Is it actually dyslexic moment? Or are they joking with me? Or what's going on? I don't know. I'm like, oh, I really didn't write helmet on the board. All right. And why didn't I see it? I'm slipsexic, slightly. I know people who have like they flip pages of books. Oof, you imagine? All right, but like I have a learning difference, and I teach literature, and I've made it. Right, my reading rate I think is 22 pages an hour. <laughs> it's like so slow. Right? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but I made it here, and, I, and I, you know, I've learned that I see the world differently. My brain flips stuff. That can be a disadvantage at times, but it can also be an advantage, because I see things differently. Fair enough? I've got to learn to navigate that. I have. Um, I, I had one of my favorite, this is what we're going to transition into next, but one of my favorite <coughs> moments um, in class, this started day one, and I'm like, I'm going through attendance, and I'm like, Aleska, Aleska, is Aleska here? Aleska, and she raises her hand. She's like, Alexa? And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> and it was like awkward and we laughed it off. But then she stayed after class and she's like, that's really interesting that you did that because I'm severely dyslexic. I'm like, oh, bless you. Mm -hmm. High five. <laughs> and she's like, I just want to talk to you because I don't read out loud in class. I'm like, but that's something that we're all gonna do. She's like, yeah, I, do, I just don't. I haven't since second grade. I'm like, why? Because I read out loud in class and I messed it up and my whole class laughed at me, including the teacher. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, and so she says, I just don't do it. I'm like, ah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we had a moment, it was horrifying. And I said, well, what if we could make it a safe enough classroom for you to read Shakespeare out loud? What would it take? And we talked through our, I do community code stuff, and we talked through it. And you know what, that class, a lot of them newer, that class did it when it came down to our reading our 10 lines at the end of Act 1 from Twelfth Night. I give them to you ahead of time to get the practice. She practiced, she came in. And it was going around the room and it got to her 10 lines and she did it. It was hard. She messed up a lot of words, but she did it. 
and we kind of we clapped and then everybody started clapping We're like wait you haven't done this for like 11 years <laughs> or whatever so we were clapping and she started crying and we're like yeah i was like this is working <laughs> hallelujah it went so well that at Hamlet, she volunteered to read Hamlet out loud without having practiced. I was like, oh my gosh, like teacher moment. <laughs> you know, and really I realized it wasn't teacher moment, it was what? It was the class. The class is what did it. She wouldn't have done it if she didn't feel safe and loved and cared for by the class. Go team. That's where we're going to go next. But I bring that up. You're learning different, however you learn, reading, whatever. Go audio if you want. It's probably the best way to do Shakespeare is to listen to it audio and then read it, really, to watch it. Um, but if it's hard for you, well, fair enough. I'll work with you on that. Just let, let me know how I can help you survive and thrive in this class. Does that work? Because we're all at different places with different things. Yeah? I think the other thing that I want to mention briefly on this before we transition into something else is Shakespeare is often not taught, especially in Christian schools. Anybody want to guess why? Those of you who know Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. He can be pretty vulgar sometimes. Yeah, he can. Because what Shakespeare does is he realized that great literature can put reality up on stage for us to see. And what's the power in that? Why do we read about David and Bathsheba? <laughs> I mean, that's scandal, right? I guess he murders the dude and then like, I mean, it's, it's bad. Why do we read about that in the Bible? Why do I encourage my children to read that story? Because <laughs> we can what? Yeah. I, I mean, experiential learning is great. Not with adultery. <laughs> No, I got a few laughs out of that. I don't know if we should laugh or not. Right? But that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Like, I watch it on stage, and I'm like, oh, ooh, ah, no, no, oh, that's awful. And then you leave the theater. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that was just a play. Oh, maybe it wasn't. Right? Like, Shakespeare is a master at the power of that. Right? And so he puts, I mean, you're going to see it right here in Twelfth Night. We get Sir Toby Belch is his name. But he's a, he's a misogynist, like he's, he's got horrible perverted sex jokes and all that kind of stuff. He's a total drunk, and he's a jerk. Do those people exist in real life? Yeah. <laughs> the reason why we can celebrate Shakespeare as an author at a place like this is Shakespeare gives us the natural consequences of that. Does that make sense? So it's not like the perverted, drunken alcoholic ends up being the hero at the end and we all want to be like him, <laughs> you know, right? Is you get to see the natural, healthy, and dare we say biblical consequences for those types of choices, like Macbeth. Lady Macbeth invites demons into her. It helps her kill the king, but then she ends up taking her own life later. You're like, that, that wasn't a good idea, <laughs> all right? Fair enough. We good? So, yeah, a lot of people like, yeah, there's demons, there's witches, there's potty jokes, there's perverts, there's hard, intense language. We have a, I don't know if you've heard about the famous language lesson day. Right? 
But we have a whole day where I'll be dropping the F-bomb like six times and we'll go through all the swear words in the book because are they part of our language? And will we see them in Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, so we got to prepare for that. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's the, one of the things. But I, I like that. When I, I bring that all up because we will see messed up marriages. We will see in Hamlet really broken homes. There will, will be, there'll be suicide that comes up. There is going to be self-harm. There's so many very painful things that come up on stage in Shakespeare. So I want to make sure that not just with our learning differences, but with our family differences, with our story differences, with our religious differences, that we really make it a safe place to be in the class and experience Shakespeare. Fair enough? So if someone's having a bad day, they, can they have a bad day? If some, I would love for it to be safe enough to, for people to cry in class. I have. We've had that. Because the stories can be pretty moving. Can we make it safe enough for people to really be filled with joy and belly laugh and, and really just enjoy it? And maybe you don't, but can they? I see like both sides of that. Um, and I think that's one of the things I want us to be able to carry into here is these are going to hit us in different ways at different times. And that's part of us building a really safe community, a loving environment, and, and being prepared to deal with very different family structures, very different journeys, very different wounding, but also different gifts and abilities and talents. Thanks for listening. That's kind of the half hour spiel for opening things up with Shakespeare class. Any questions, thoughts, comments, or concerns? Part of why I do that the way that I do it is also to see how you guys do just listening to each other or to me chat. Don't worry, that's not every block day. <laughs> Quite the contrary. We're usually watching movies on block day. All right, we usually have open discussion. But thanks for that. You guys really navigated that well. You honored me. You honored each other. We didn't have our phones out doing stuff. That was really cool. That, that gives me a lot of encouragement as a teacher as we move forward through these days. So, Onward. Let's do this. Turn the page. Um, it should say page two, which it, it's not... That's not the point. Um, but we're at the one where it went six then to page two because I, I slid it into the copier. And at the top it says Shakespeare assignments. There they all are. Everybody got that? Eventually when I get some time here, I will start putting all of these in to the online thing. I used to say to everybody, so all of <laughs> all the classes are video, audio, podcasted. I've got all your assignments online, all your handouts are online, everything's all there, just go for it, right? And then we switched to something new. And when we switched, my baby was born two days later or whatever, so it's like, ah, yeah, right. I just haven't gotten there. So I'm just gonna update stuff as we go. I hope that's okay with you guys, but I'll make sure you have what you need. And right now it's read act one, scene one. Yeah, we good? Okay, and bring your book. But, but here they all are, and I'm gonna basically cut, paste, cut, paste as we go into this, yeah? Mostly it's read and annotate, all right? Twelfth night, read character list and uh, three times and the opening pages of the play. I said two pages, but I think scene one is, it's three pages, so just read scene one. So 
there you go. And then that's all there. Summative assessments are there. Remember, though, some of those have shifted and changed on paper. This is what it is. Um, but really, we're opening it up to more of a, a feel of kind of an, an art class. Ready? Let's go to this page. Kingdom love. Kingdom love. Uh, really, this is going to be our community code for this class. I have found that if we were to live out the Lord's Prayer, the one prayer that he told his disciples to pray, our Father, which what's our identity at that point? sons and daughters of the king of the universe, so we are princes and princes, not metaphor, for real. <laughs> That's crazy. If we just got that, I think we're good. <laughs> How do we treat each other? We treat each other like royalty. Unless you don't like royalty, then we are. Did anybody see the, the really amazing wedding? Oh my gosh, we watched it with biscuits and tea. We all like we're all watching it like this is alcohol. It's like real. Anyways, um, the, so our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom, what? Come. Thy will be done. Where? In room two hundred six, just like it's done in heaven. So ready? Here's our kingdom community code for our class. If you wouldn't do it in heaven, then what? Do don't it do it here, right? Don't do it here. So is there gossip in heaven? Okay, so then don't do it here, right? Was there bullying in heaven? Don't do it here. Racism in heaven? Don't, like, right? Like, that's pretty easy. Like, all right, it's pretty straightforward. If it is in heaven, how will you actually behave in heaven when you're full in Christ? sloughed off actually all the sin that's dead and you're really living as your kingdom you how would you treat the people around you how would you think how would you behave yeah guess what we could do do it when do it right now if we just did that what would our class feel like <laughs> not not as a metaphor what would class feel like if we all behaved like we would when we we're in heaven what would class feel like that's pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, but that's actually what the prayer is saying. Heaven come here. But that happens when we behave and treat each other and live like we would there, but just do it when. Now, and you might be like, well, that's not possible. Really? Your old sinful self is dead, and you have God's spirit in you. Is it possible? <laughs> yeah. I didn't say easy, but... Actually, if we really lean into it, it's probably a lot easier than we think. Yeah? Just a lot of choices that we need to make. So, check. Are we good there? I'm going to spend more time on that in philosophy class. I think for us, if we, we just like, heaven, <laughs> go. <laughs> Got it? Yeah? Um, what I want us to do is, for our community, look at this love thing. And then also tie that into Twelfth Night. Fair enough? And so when we look at this, I want to just read through it. I want us to consider a few things. I'm going to put some music on while we do a few of the activities. All right?
Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no records of wrong, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 1 Corinthians 4-7 There's some other great stuff in that chapter. Brief moment. What's chapter 12 about? Anybody know? It's okay if you don't. I'm not expecting you to know, but it's the body of Christ chapter. You know that one. Not everybody's a hand, not everybody's an armpit, not everybody's a toe. You know, like We're all different parts of the body and Christ is the head. So we're all connected. We're all a body. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. But and then we all have our own little Holy Spirit living in us. No, we have what? One spirit connecting us, but you have your human spirit and your body, so we're all different with our spirits and the Holy Spirit. So it's all like, yeah, it's like that's the body of Christ, that's the kingdom, that's the church. Let's go. Oh, wait, and the best way to do that is First Corinthians 13. Got it? He actually uses a double, he does uses a double superlative the most excellent way. <laughs> so the most best way to do the body of Christ thing is to be loving. Hmm. The best way to do school is to what? Be loving, which I think some people are like, weird. Right? But I want to have a quick anecdote moment and then I want us to dig into this. If I was teaching, I had a, a job offer at Glenbard West, Naperville North, Warrenville South, I chose Wheaton Academy. I love this place. I went here. Could I teach this as a community code at, at Glenbard West? Now you're saying no, but look at it. Be the parent that's going to complain. Go for it right now. Seriously, call me up. Complain that I'm trying to set up a loving classroom environment. Right? What parent doesn't want patience in the classroom or kindness? What student doesn't want this? At Glenbard West, who doesn't want kindness and patience? Maybe the bullies, but truth is, do they want to be bullied? Do they want people mocking them? See what's going on? Like, we're thinking, oh, this is only just a little Christian thing for a Christian school. If I was at a public school, I would be using this. I'd do it, and I'd love the phone calls when they come. I'd love the principal to drag me down there. You can't! set up a loving environment in the class <laughs> like what <laughs> seriously right the only reason why they would like it's a scandal is because it some dude some jew wrote it two thousand years ago and it got stuck in the bible we don't do the same things with what plato wrote <laughs> right <clears throat> oh because he's roman or athenian or whatever <laughs> Oh, wait, Paul's a Roman citizen. Interesting. Hmm. But I want you to consider this stuff. Who doesn't want this in a class? Patience, kindness, envy. What does envy do to a classroom? Actually, it's probably one of the problems that some of these, our school deals with, but a lot of public schools deal with the envy issue or arrogance and pride. I mean, it's not here, fortunately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Greg, yeah. All right. Um, rude, 
self-seeking, right? Selfish is not when you love yourself. Selfish is when you only love yourself. Okay, good. Not easily angered. Actually, we should get angry at things. I grew up believing that anger was a sin. So I tried to never get angry. And then the problem was that Jesus got angry. <laughs> I'm like, oops. He got angry at the right things. Exploiting the poor. Exploiting women. Putting women down. Throwing rocks on women. You know, like, he got mad about that stuff. Fair enough. So we need to get angry at the right things. Keeping no records of wrong. Really? How do you do that? Not delighting in evil, but rejoicing with the truth. That's the Shakespeare thing. We got to watch what we laugh at. Right? That'll be a profound lesson in this class. Always protect. Look around the room. Can we protect each other? Can we trust each other? Can we hope for each other? And can we persevere through the year together? How's this stuff sound? Yeah? Okay, so what I want you to do is I'm going to put a song on. And we're going to do two things. Do you guys want to do the I am God is first or the where do we see this in the classroom first? Which one? Where do we see this in the classroom? Let's do that first. Great. And then we'll do the I am afterwards. We'll end with that. <laughs> Just like, ah. <laughs> all right. I'm going to put on tune. All right. And what I want you to do is where will we see this in this classroom? Why is this important in a Shakespeare class? So, for example, just to, patience. Why would I need to be patient in this class? Anybody? Well, there we go. Like, this is hard to understand. I got to, like, be patient with me. Or maybe someone's asked 20 questions. And it, that's why we're here. Does that make sense? So can you be what? Patient with them while they're learning because it's hard for them to understand that passage. And you're like, let's go. Oh, I want to start the movie. Or I want to like play the song because Dominguez has been talking for a half an hour and you've been really patient with me. Right? Fair enough. That's where we have to be patient with me. Right? Got it? So just see what we're doing. Where will we need to be kind? Envy in this class. Can you guys do it? Go team. Do this in groups. Not bigger than three. Not smaller than two. Nobody laughed at that? Well, that wasn't funny, was it? Not a group. Yeah, whatever. I'll just put the song on. All right, ready? Um, where will we see this in class? I got to find the right song for this. Let me get it. Wait, here it comes. <laughs> Love. <laughs> there we go. Ready, set, go. You're right. You're actually writing on the paper where we see this in class. I'd love for you to get at least something for each of those. We may not. Okay. I am doing the whole walk around the room looking at your paper thing. I'm the teacher. No, group. That was not like that. 
Not a good idea to use teachers' names or even specific classes, but think through kindergarten, third grade, fifth grade, junior high, past couple years. Where has it not been a loving classroom? A loving youth group? Unfortunately for some of you, home. Where have we not seen love, right? And what are the effects of that, right? Where have you maybe seen envy in a classroom and it's just like, it kills it, right? Or rude, rude teachers, rude students. Yeah, are we, are we tracking now? Where have you seen it? And for most of you, you're going right now to your favorite teacher, your favorite coach, your favorite classroom setting, maybe even a, a retreat that was just like, I wanted to stay there forever because and you know why? Why? Because it was what? It was safe. It was probably loving. You either probably felt loved or were able to give love. Right? But, but that was an environment. It, it didn't just happen. Somebody helped create an environment. People made an environment that had these elements. Are we tracking? Keep going. Keep going. Song's almost over. Do you want a little more time or should we just big group discussion? Jump in. We'll jump in. Okay. Come on. Let my love open the door to your heart. You listen to that song as though God was singing it. It'll blow you away. Anyway. Okay. Ready? I've talked way too much. Ready? You guys talk. What are some of the things you found 
that we can inject into this environment, that we can, you know, build, grow, create for our loving Shakespeare class. Which, by the way, if we get all this done today, then tomorrow we just come in and we watch Shakespeare in Love the whole time. How's that sound? <laughs> Fun Friday. <laughs> I was going to do Shakespeare in Love today, and I'm like, no, 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 we'll just do it on Friday, and we'll just, we'll just kind of get this all out there. So, what do you got? Right there. Anyway, jot these on your little purple sheet if you uh, would like to. What else? Um, Nathalie and Evo were addressing the truth. Like, if somebody's not understanding something and then they finally get it. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. I love that. You're doing great. Yeah, I like that Paul puts that in there because we have the don't do this, but we also have the do this. It's really fun to celebrate, like the Alexa story. Yeah, you read, you read out loud. Yay. We're like, what are we doing? Yay. What else? For not proud, not assuming that like I'm right and everyone else is wrong. That's good. There's the interesting thing. You guys notice this? Not boastful, which is verbal. Does that make sense? Proud isn't necessarily verbal. <laughs> That's why Paul had to put them both in there. So you can say jack squat and still be proud. And does that affect the environment? Yep. Often it affects it more when you don't say anything. Did we catch that? Yeah. Good, thanks for that. What else? You guys are doing great. It's gonna be good. What, day two of class, you're all like talking and sharing? This is awesome. Not envious, understanding everyone is in a different place. Good. I found in a class like this that that one's really important. Because some people have been trained well, they've read Shakespeare before, and they love literature, they've had schooling and environment that have set them up for a boom, this class is perfect, and some people just haven't had that. And, you know, but it's also even just down to not envying people's faces, their cars. And does that creep in? Their boyfriends or girlfriends, their health, Right? Like, that stuff, even just that stuff gets the environment, doesn't it? What's the opposite of envy? I don't know, but <laughs> I was like, I actually don't know. <laughs> Maybe honor? Or celebrating other people? Cool. Couple others? Uh, keeping our records of wrong, being forgiving. Like, <laughs> Don't judge people, like yeah. don't put labels on people and be like, this is a bad person. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm just going to reject everything they say. <laughs> but do people do that in school? Yeah. We write people off for what they did last year or this summer or last week. Yeah. Last night. Good. That actually comes up in 12th night. It's pretty cool to see on stage. We watch it. Yeah. Good. You know what's crazy is the word no is to keep no records of wrong. Whatever, it's awesome. Crazy high standard. <laughs> How about one or two more? For protection, also people over security that like, you know, have not had to use before. Yeah, 
I love how you said that. Offer the security. Can we keep stuff in the room? Can we make it a safe place for people to mess up, right? Because who's learned from a mistake or a mess up, right? But we need, we need to be protected when we mess up, right? Um, and also protecting each other's dignity and, and uh, integrity is important. Someone once said, let's leave it at the door, right? Unless it's good to carry out. But otherwise, just leave it here. Just a quick note on that one. I don't I want to spend a ton of time on it, but um, I want to do a quick lesson on gossip and slander. Quick one. Slander is when you lie about someone to hurt them, right? Does that happen? It's horrible and really destructive. I used to ask if it was at Wheaton Academy and the students would be like, what? Slander? That's lame. <laughs> Unfortunately, now when I ask the question, is it around here? It is. It's a bummer. I think the phones have made that worse, easier to lie about people publicly. Um, but what's gossip then? Gossip is not slander. Gossip slander is when you lie about someone to hurt them. What's gossip? It's so much they actually don't know in that context now, right? We're told not to gossip. Gossip is when you tell the truth about someone to hurt them. That's why prayer time could often be gossip time. I have a prayer request for my friend who's like dealing drugs. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's true, and we want to pray for them, but now you've just hurt their reputation publicly. See what's going on? I just want to put that on the table. We got to be really careful with the truth about each other. Isn't that part of why it's such a problem at Wheaton Academy? We're just telling the truth. <laughs> We're Christians. We're allowed to tell the truth. Yeah, not to hurt people, though. <laughs> right? So I think the protection thing is leans into that, right? One more. Someone who hasn't shared. Oh, yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, hopeful, just like kind of desiring the best uh, for everybody in the class and just wanting everybody to succeed and understand and enjoy what we're doing. I like that. Hope. Coming in. What, Jeff Brooks? Bata! Right? Are you guys here for that? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, let's keep going, I guess. All right. Let's do uh, one thing. What I want you to do is give someone next to you a high five. Nice job. High five. High five. Well done. Can, yes, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do the kingdom thing? Can we choose to love each other? You know what's really intriguing to me is look down the list. None of these are emotions. Wait. Oh, it's right. We end early today. No, I was like timing it for us. <laughs> no. I was going to have us do the I am and the God is. Well, ready? As you leave, find a quiet spot, right? Find a quiet spot and write God is next to each of these. And if that's hard for you to do, God is this. Does that make sense? So who needs to adjust there? But the other one that I want you to consider is in a prayerful spot. I was going to put on some music and just let you prayerfully do this. I am patient. I am kind. Does that make sense? We got to go do that. But let's do that. Let's do that. I am. And how about maybe Monday? That'll be our devotional thought. We'll share a little bit about that experience of I am, I am. Because when you have a hard time writing one of those, 
because you're probably not that, that's okay. It's just that's what we get to work on. Got it? You guys are awesome. Nice job today. This is already a great class. We're going to have a ball. Bless you. And come ready tomorrow. We're going to watch a little Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, cheers. Peace. Oh, wait, we got to get this going. Ready? See ya. See ya. Awesome job today. I'm going to email Glad you jumped in. <laughs> Take all the worry out of your mind. Take care. I have the only key to your heart. I can stop you from falling apart. Release yourself from misery. Only one thing is gonna set you free. That's my love. That's my Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door.